Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. It's the Cleveland Guardians 6, the Chicago White Sox 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And you know what? Before we get into the show, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but if you are enjoying the show, please help it grow by leaving a rating and a review on whatever podcasting app you are listening on, especially those of you on Apple Podcasts. You did such a great job at the beginning of the season. We got so many reviews that came in and really blew it up, an all-five-star show. And, you know, maybe there's some new listeners that we've picked up throughout the season, some new morning people. So if you haven't taken a chance yet, it just it really helps people find us. And the more the show grows... Uh, hopefully the more fun things I can do with this show. So we'll see how it goes, but those ratings and those reviews definitely help. So uh, go ahead, leave a rating and review there. Uh, again, whatever app you're listening on, especially if it's Apple Podcasts. Also, uh, ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. For those of you that don't listen through to the closing credits of the show, I want to shout it out up top. Uh, again, there's so many of you emailed throughout the year, and I just want to remind you that I'm always here for your thoughts. So if you want to participate in the show, Mornings at gmail.com is the best way to do it. Shoot me an email, and we'll read it back on the show. We'll react to your thoughts. So let's get into the storylines of this game. And uh, another fun, solid win for your Cleveland Guardians. Scoring in multiple innings, once again, four different innings. They're able to put runs on the board, and their offense was kind of relentless. Kind of relentless. They jump all over Dylan Cease early, put up four runs against him in the first three innings. Uh, He does settle down for a little bit, but then their bullpen. uh, They're on top of their bullpen, too, both Bummer and Santos give up runs in this game. So really spreading it out and uh, doing a good job of not taking the foot off the gas pedal. And the White Sox were bringing the tying run to the plate in the ninth inning. So, you know, having a 6-3 cushion was a big deal, uh, you know, as this game wrapped up. So a good job by the offense of finishing this game. And just... I mean, probably the top storyline for me is just the attitude between the two teams tonight, right? Look, both teams made trades yesterday. Both teams kicked off this trade deadline. Uh, Giolito, I believe, went to the Angels, right? Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe Giolito and somebody else went to the Angels from the White Sox. We obviously sent Ahmed Rosario to to L.A., so uh, to the Dodgers, so... LA, uh, the city of LA loading up on American League Central players. And, you know, uh, I'm in Rosario. I know not having the most effective season at the plate, not, you know, on the stat sheet, but still a huge, huge piece of this clubhouse. So, you know, how would these two teams react, right? The Guardians came out like a team that was ready to win some baseball games in the second half of the season. They came out like a team that actually was kind of inspired by the the first trade of the trade deadline, right? They came out with a little more, I don't know, a little more energy, a little more emphasis on this game, you know? Andres Jimenez getting to bat second. Gabriel Arias now feeling more comfortable, knowing he's kind of going to be the starting shortstop. Uh, At least it seems like Gabriel Arias is going to get the most 
at-bats of any of the young guys uh, as this season continues on. I'm sure they'll find creative ways to get Freeman more at-bats as this thing goes on, but it definitely seems like Arias is kind of going to get those main shortstop reps, and he has a good game because of it. On the other side of things, the White Sox seem like the walking dead out there. They seem like a team that is ready for the season to end. It did not go the way they expected it. There is no way when this season started, they expected to be 41-63. and 63. 20, what, 22 games below 500. That is brutal for a team that thought they were going to be able to jump up and win this American League Central. No problem. They thought they were going to, they thought they had the talent. They had spent the money to fix their problems and that this was going to be a better year for them. And boy, it's gone the opposite way. And now they might go into like fire sale mode. I mean, they might have to be selling off some longtime veteran pieces are being looked at on the trade market like Tim Anderson. And so they already get rid of their former ace. I, I don't know who exactly was the ace of the staff over there in Chicago, but at one point Giolito was. Maybe Dylan ceases now, uh, but yeah, they're 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 that whole team is uh, on the trading block right now. It feels like so the White Sox. Who knows what the future holds for them? But they played like a team that wanted this season to be over, right? There was a definite lack of hustle uh, on some plays there. Uh, some balls pinballed around for the Guardians. I remember one specifically, Oscar Gonzalez, who, by the way, forgot to mention that, Oscar Gonzalez is back. Uh, he gets the uh, roster spot after Ahmed Rosario is traded. It's still a little unclear. Uh, I guess he'll still be up here, uh, even when they officially add Noah Syndergaard. Um, I'm guessing one of the bullpen pitchers would probably go back down to make room for Syndergaard, and they would keep you know the same amount of hitters they've had all season on the bench. Uh, so Gonzalez comes back. He gets a pinch hit at bat late in this game uh, off a left-hander, and uh, he uh, chops one towards third base. Mancada moving to his left. It goes under his glove. Anderson is able to cut it off deep in the hole, but Gonzalez is safe by a couple steps, and it just seemed like a really, really poor effort from Yoan Mancada. It seems like the kind of play that Jose Ramirez would definitely come up with. He would find a way to uh, scoop this ball on the hop, whereas Mancada just lets it bounce under his glove and gives up on it. So I think I think that play in itself encapsulated the effort uh, being given by the White Sox versus the effort being given by the Guardians. All right, so let's get into some more specifics in this thing. Again, uh, Andres Jimenez, it is working with him in the two-hole. Uh, he seems to really like that. He is on base multiple times in this game. I think he was also hit by a pitch once again. Um, That dude cannot stop getting hit by the pitch. Uh, So that and the two hits, he's on base three times in this game. Him and Quan get things uh, cooking early uh, in this game. Uh, It's a leadoff triple for Steven Quan. And then Andres Jimenez follows it up right away with a double into the right field corner. Um, and it would be the start of many doubles on the day for the Cleveland Guardians. Jimenez, Brennan, Naylor had two, and Gabriel Arias, all with doubles on the day. And uh, the pitch location on all those doubles 
kind of interesting. I went over to Illustrator here and I was just kind of looking around at what Dylan Cease was doing, what kind of hits he was giving up. And when I just brought up and isolated the doubles, uh, it's not surprising that Andres Jimenez's double comes from a fastball that was in. We've seen, you know, where Andres Jimenez's sweet spots are. We've seen where he struggles. And I think down and in is definitely a place where he excels, uh, pulling the ball in the right field. Uh, Naylor's uh, double was on a, uh, was his first double was on a slider that was up kind of middle of the plate. And then Will Brennan's double was on a slider that was out uh, on the outside edge of the plate. And he rode that thing in the left field and uh, got it to go all the way to the wall for his double. So good job not trying to pull an outside pitch, taking an outside strip pitch, taking that backdoor slider, and riding it the other way. Uh, The one that's crazy here is Josh Naylor's double off of Aaron Bummer. It's a sweeper that's so far off the plate. This is the one that he hits back up the middle, and uh, it bounces off a few gloves and trickles into right center field, and he gets the hustle double off that one. Gabriel Arias's double here off of Gregory Santos was a uh, inside sinker uh, that was down and in. And Gabriel Arias did this twice tonight. He took pitches that were down and in and fired them off in the, on the right field line or in the right field. This one, uh, he gets kind of down the line. What I loved about this swing, and I wanted to make sure I talked about with you, look at his eyes. When you go back and watch the replay, It's something that, again, look, I play old man softball. I know. But the eyes looking where you want that ball to go, seeing that hole, seeing that spot, it's a big part of going the opposite way. And uh, he does a great job because it helps keep your hips closed. It helps keep your hands back. But look at his eyes. He sees the ball. He sees the ball all the way to his bat. And then he sees it go down that right field line. His head, his eyes are going that direction. And it helps his hands and it helps his hips go that direction. It's a really great example of it. How your eyesight and your eye line make such an impact in going the opposite way. I don't know if it has the same effect uh, pulling the ball as it does staying back and staying patient and going the other way. So go ahead, watch that highlight back, and just look at Gabriel Arias's eyes uh, on that swing. So those were your uh, those were your five doubles uh, from your Cleveland Guardians hitters. Uh, Quan's triple, while we're talking about the extra base hits, came on a knuckle curve that was down. Uh, it was it was towards the inside half of the plate, but it was down at the knees, and uh, he jumps on this thing uh, at ninety four point three miles per hour. So. They really do a good job of beating up on Dylan Cease. They add three more runs in the third inning. Uh, Back-to-back singles by Quan and Jimenez. This was Jimenez's bunt single uh, that sets the table. And then Naylor rockets the double down into the right field corner. He hit his at 106 mile per hour exit velocity. He This was that slider that was kind of middle of the plate. And uh, both Quan and Jimenez are able to come in and score on this one. And then after a walk from Josh Bell, Will Brennan would single and drive in Josh Naylor for the third run of the inning. Cease would settle down into a little bit of a groove after that. Uh, He would kind of calm down in the middle of the game. 
Uh, he would almost go six innings. He'd go five and two-thirds, but gives up nine hits, four in runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, on 102 pitches, he's hard hit. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Uh, Dylan C. So not a great start in the league. I'm sure those nine hits, uh, he was not feeling too happy about those. Uh, and obviously it leads to four runs and uh, leads to a big loss uh, for Dylan Cease. So uh, four and four now on the season after that loss. Uh, on the other side of things, well, let's just continue. The Guardians offense, let's just continue for a second here because, I mean, the young guys really did impress. We had multi-hit games from Quan, Two-hit game from Quan, Two-hit game from Jimenez. A uh, two-hit game from Naylor, who made the joke uh, afterwards. After the game, he's getting interviewed by Andre Knott. And he goes, he's talking about, uh, you know, some of the rookie pitchers. And he said, you know, the old, us older guys, we try to make them feel comfortable. And then he kind of doubles back on that. He's like, I, I don't want to consider myself one of the older guys yet, but I guess I am uh, compared to the rookies. So don't forget, Naylor's still a young man like he's still kind of getting this thing going his major league career going he, he definitely uh you know Ramirez and Josh Bell uh are definitely the elder statesmen uh in this uh in this lineup maybe even Miles Straw has been around for a few seasons so you see a few seasons but Naylor's still only 26 years old in in some you know times in baseball history 26 would probably be a rookie coming up like 26 there's still so much to Josh Naylor's career so it is you do kind of see him as one of the veterans on this team because he's been here for a few years you know his name but he really is a young guy so he has two hits on the day the two doubles the three RBIs uh your uh your main RBI guy in the lineup Will Brennan with two hits Plus Oscar Gonzalez with the pinch hit. So we get three hits from the six hole from those young guys. Gabriel Arias with two hits, getting that start as shortstop. And Bo Naylor with two hits as well, including a late RBI driving in Arias. Uh, so yeah, multi-hit game from Bo Naylor. And uh, that's just awesome. That's just awesome that all those young guys just came out swinging tonight against the White Sox. So uh, on the uh, the other side of the box score, let's talk about uh, pitching. Tanner Bybee, once again, fantastic. If it wasn't for Jake Berger in this lineup, uh, Bybee's night would have been really great. Unfortunately, Berger put a few uh, crooked numbers into Tanner Bybee's box score. You know, I went to look to see if Berger just absolutely destroys the uh, Guardians. And the numbers weren't as bad as I thought. I thought it was going to be worse. Uh, the numbers weren't exactly bad. Of course, that doesn't factor tonight's game in. Maybe if we look at these numbers tomorrow, because you know baseball reference takes forever to update. Uh, they're never they're never ready for us for this show. Um, so we'll see what those numbers look like later in the series. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's hit us pretty well, let's say, this season. And uh, he jumps on Tanner Bybee for two home runs. Look, let's just talk about him and get him out of the way right here. Um let me clear out those doubles and triples. Let me take a look at the location of those home runs. 
So uh, the first one is a fastball that's frankly just middle, middle, a 95-mile-per-hour fastball that he turns around at 102.3-mile-per-hour exit velocity, 33-degree launch angle. The next one was a first-pitch slider that was at the top of the zone, middle of the plate, and he jumps on this thing at 109.2 miles per hour, 32-degree launch angle. So two kind of moonshots, high arcing home runs. Maybe not moonshots, but high arcing home runs from Jake Berger against Tanner Bybee. That slider was a huge mistake. I mean, Manning... uh, yeah, Manning is sitting there on the broadcast going, you know, this guy will chase a high fastball. Go ahead, throw high fastballs at him. And instead, he hangs this slider, and he demolishes it. And uh, Bybee knew it. The minute he left his hand, you could see the look in his eyes. Uh, he knew this pitch was going to get demolished. Other than that, it's a good day for Tanner Bybee. His final line is six and two-thirds, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, Six strikeouts and two home runs given up to Berger. All three of the runs he gives up are on the two home runs to Berger. On 97 pitches, he's hard hit six times. Uh, And absolutely pounds the strike zone. Uh, Again, we talked about this in his last start. The consistency with that fastball attacking the strike zone. It is the thing that's kind of separating him from maybe Gavin Williams. at, 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 you know, figuring out this next level is his ability to hit uh, all four quadrants with that fastball. Really all his pitches, really all his pitches he's hitting uh, all four quadrants of the plate. If we Now, let's go over to the player breakdown, and then we're going to jump back to the illustrator because his CSW numbers are very good. Uh, 16 whiffs, and it's spread out amongst his four pitches. The four-seam fastball he threw the most, then the slider, the change in the curve a few times. But he's getting whiffs on all these swings, and it's good for a 32% whiff rate. Add in 18 called strikes. Again, spread out amongst all the pitches. Uh, 18 called strikes. It's good for a 35% CSW total on the day. The average exit velocity. Uh, off his fastball is only 88.1. Off the slider and the change, it's in the 70s. It's an 83.4 mile per hour average exit velocity off him on the day. So inducing weak contact too. Uh, So a really, really solid day for Tanner Bybee. And if we go back and we look at the illustrator, we look at those called strikes. We look at those swinging strikes. Let's look at the called strikes first. It's all pitches to all parts of the plate. He's throwing some sliders high. He's throwing some mid. He's throwing some low. He's got change-ups to the inside and the outside. He's dropping curveballs in the strike zone. Um, obviously, these are the called strikes, so the, these would be in the strike zone. And uh, he's throwing the fastball high and low. Uh, and it doesn't matter, lefty or righty, they're getting all the pitches. That's one fun thing. You know, we saw with Gavin Williams how he was using the slider against the righties, and then he'd mix up change-up and curveball against the lefties. Bybee is going with all four pitches against lefties and righties. Uh, he's got a slider in there for a call strike against the lefty as well. If we move over to the uh, swinging strikes, uh, again, it's it's mostly stuff at the top of the zone and stuff at the bottom of the zone. Mostly fastballs up at the top of the zone. Some change-ups up there even. A slider up there even. And then uh, a couple curveballs, a change-up, and a couple sliders down at the bottom of the zone. So uh, 
high and low getting him the swinging strikes. And again, uh, looking at the righties, they're getting every pitch. Looking at the lefties, uh, didn't get as much swing and miss from the lefties. Uh, a couple of fastballs and a changeup up and away. Uh, he got some swinging strikes on. So mostly that swing and miss was coming against the righties. Uh, so I just, I love the way Tanner Bybee attacks. And once again, he has been a very, very effective pitcher uh, for us so far. Uh, I doubt Fangraphs is updated yet, but I kind of want to look at where Bybee sits on the leaderboard after this start. So maybe this is something we'll check in tomorrow once Fangraphs updates. But I, I kind of have a feeling that Tyner, Tyner, Tanner Bybee, sorry, Tanner Bybee's value is up there with some of the best starting pitchers in the American League. So we'll take a look at the numbers tomorrow and see where he falls, uh, you know, compared to the rest of the league in some of these, some of these metrics, some of these different numbers, you know, the F war and things like that and ERA plus, and we'll see, we'll see how he's doing. So a solid win for your Cleveland Guardians. And uh, yeah, they're kind of on a roll and getting a little revenge. You know, they, they had some rough games against the White Sox early in the season. So it'd be really great to come out and just really load up on the American League Central. And that's what the Minnesota Twins have done. And it's what we need to do to stay competitive in this division. There's still a few days left before the trade deadline's over. So it's going to be interesting to see if that was the Guardians move. Just, you know, taking care of that Ahmed Rosario situation now instead of the end of the season. Or if they really are going to do what they said and look for that bat. Look for that, you know, starting pitcher that's not Noah Syndergaard. Someone that might give them a few uh, better innings, more quality innings than Syndergaard has shown at least so far this season. Although... We might be pleasantly surprised, you know. I, I frankly, my attitude on Syndergaard right now is I'm not expecting much, and I will gladly be pleasantly surprised if he comes out and gives us some competitive innings, maybe finds uh, a little more velocity than he had earlier in the season, and could pitch a little more effectively. So we'll see what happens there. All right, let's throw in a few emails to wrap up this show. Uh, let's go to uh, Tony first. Uh, Tony, I, I like his email. Uh, I like his enthusiasm. Says, wasn't able to watch any of the game, but looking at the box score, you can draw some conclusions. Jimenez goes two for four and getting an opportunity to batting second. Jose goes over five because his buddy got traded. Arias goes two for four because he will now get an opportunity. And Straw goes over for four because he is Miles Straw. This is probably circumstantial, but sometimes the script just writes itself. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, you nailed it on some of these. For Jose, you know, if you didn't get to watch the game or maybe you're watching the radio broadcast, listening to the radio broadcast and not listening to the TV broadcast, um, they did talk about it. They did talk about Jose and, you know, how we some things had to change immediately for him. I, I, apparently, he always played catch with Ahmed Rosario. So today it was Miles Straw that he was playing catch with before the game. Uh, he didn't have his buddy who he sits next to, who he travels with. So uh, they actually said he was much more available in the clubhouse, kind of talking with more of the guys, kind of bouncing around a little bit more, talking to different people. So I, I think Jose, you know, and he said, he made comments to them uh, and said, uh, basically, like, I, I will always, a couple of them said, we will always love Ahmed Rosario, 
but it's a business. We understand the business of baseball. It's what had to happen, and we're going to go out and win some baseball games and not and and not let it affect us. And I, I think Jose played like that. He may have gone over 5, but I think he uh, he showed that it, it's not going to affect him. He's, he's going to go out there and do what he's got to do. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. But, Tony, I appreciate the email. Uh, hey, there's days I can't watch, and I've got to dig into the box score and figure out what happens. So I get it. Uh, Marlon from Birmingham also f- checked in. He said the kids are all right. Uh, Bo Naylor, Gabriel Arias, Will Brennan had nice swings at the plate. I especially love watching Arias go the other way with his two hits and draw a walk off Cease. After going down 0-2 in the count. That's right. Drew a walk too on base three times as well. He looked much more relaxed tonight than any other point in the season. He did get hosed on the strike three in his last at-bat, but he did a nice job all night. Yeah, that's that's a good evaluation right there. I It's got to feel really good for him to know that, like, okay, this, this is what I've been waiting for. I, I knew that Andres Jimenez and... Uh, Ahmed Rosario were on this team when I got traded here and they were going to be blocking my progress and I was just going to have to wait for my turn, wait for my opportunity and do whatever I, I mean, frankly, he's done whatever he can to be on the field, right? He learned how to play right field to make sure that he would get some at-bats this season. He knew what he had to do to get playing time. And one of those things was wait his turn. And now it is his turn. Uh, So this is definitely what Gabriel Arias has been waiting for. Um, yeah, so uh, Marlon is always good looking ahead for us. He says, Giolito was initially scheduled for tomorrow, but was traded to the Angels. Now Tuki Toussaint will take the mound. I wonder how different this White Sox team will look by the time this series ends on Sunday. Yeah, like we said, there's other guys on this team that are on the trade block right now. And the fact that Tuki Toussaint now gets to start against us you know, uh, long time in the Braves system, uh, was with us in spring training and in the minors for a little bit for us and did come up and pitch once for us uh, before he got DFA'd. And he, frankly, wasn't very good right in spring training. Uh, it wasn't really working here. I don't know if it's gone any better in Chicago, but now he gets to face us. So uh, will we beat up on him, a guy who's frankly, never really figured it out, or will he get a little bit of revenge against the team that DFA'd him? Who knows? Who knows how this is going to go tomorrow? Uh, But we've got a bullpen game, I think, going tomorrow against him, so we'll see how that goes for us. Um, And then Logan Allen will be taking the mound on uh, Saturday, and then uh, Savali on Sunday. So maybe Monday, Maybe Monday against Houston would be the debut of Noah Syndergaard. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, So that's the plan moving through the rest of the series. So it's going to be interesting. uh, A bullpen day against Tuki Toussaint. It's going to be an interesting one. I'm sure Apple TV, uh, who's picking it up, is going to be doing the national broadcast. I'm sure they're really glad they picked this game uh, for the... uh, for the national broadcast. I'm sure when they initially looked at the schedule, they thought, hey, maybe we're going to get Bieber against Giolito. That'll be a heck of a show. That'll put butts in the seats, bring in the ratings. And instead, they're going to get a bullpen game against Tuki Tucson. Probably not what they signed up for. All right. Thank you, Marlon. Thank you, Tony, for emailing in. That is all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Chicago. 
from the uh, south side, it's the Guardian 6, the White Sox 3. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts as we approach the trade deadline, and we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Thank you.